Would you take your Bibles and turn with me to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1. Last Sunday, we spoke about one of the characters in the the nativity scene, of course, was Jesus' earthly father, Joseph. Today, I want to talk for a few moments about his mother, Mary. As I was sharing with our children just a little while ago, I titled our message as Mary Had a Little Lamb. And oh, how wonderful it is to know that Jesus, the Lamb of God, who came to take away the sins of the world, and that through him, you and I can have life and have life everlasting. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but Mary, as precious as she is, She's the only person who was ever present at the birth and of the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know if you ever thought about this or not, but she's the one that experienced him as a son entering into this world and as a savior as he left this world. I don't know if you thought about this or not, but Jesus was, of course, not only her son, but he was her Savior. That she needed a Savior just like you and I need a Savior. She was no different than any of us. There are some denominations have elevated her to a point and to a place of where she was almost as co-equal with God. Well, nowhere in the Bible does that speak of that effect. Mary, of all the names that little girls have been given, that is the most popular name that has ever been given to a little girl. Down through the ages, the most important one that has been known as the most interested in in knowing that she was a woman of history, a history of, of blessedness, a history of beauty, a history of the virgin birth. Her name has been mentioned more than 51 times in the Bible. And yet, as I said, there's been a lot of misconceptions about Mary. Not only is she not co-equal, but nowhere in the Bible does it state that we're to worship her. Nowhere in the Bible says that we are to pray to her. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that she is co-equal with God and that she was sinless. She was a sinner, just like you and me. But yet, at the same time, God had decided to choose to use this young lady in a marvelous, miraculous way to bring his only begotten son into this world. So with your Bibles open, Luke chapter 1, we're going to begin reading, excuse me, in verse 26. Would you stand with me as we stand and as we read? Starting in verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth 
to a virgin, betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, he was troubled at his saying, or she was troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a child, a son. And they shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be? since I do not know a man. Can you imagine being visited by an angel? You're a young 14, 15-year-old girl, never been married, never been with a man. And God says, you're going to have a child. You're going to have my child. I believe I'd be asking a lot of questions too if I was in her shoes, wouldn't you? She asked the question, how can this be? Since I do not know a man. And the the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. There's a good place for an amen. For with God, there is nothing that is impossible. And then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord... Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Father, thank you. Thank you for sending your only begotten son into this world. And thank you that we can be blessed by knowing him as our savior and as our Lord. Thank you for the blessing of your presence that lives and dwells within our hearts today. Thank you, dear Lord, for your presence that is here in the midst of your people. And we just ask you, dear Lord, for your special anointing and the filling of your Holy Spirit. May you speak to your servants, speak to our hearts, and challenge us and encourage us that we might be called the children of God and with the reflection of your love by the token of our service to you. 
For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. What made Mary so special? I believe what made her so special was that she was so unspecial. She was just a sweet, innocent little girl. A young teenage girl. Minding her own business. Having the desire of wanting to get married and marrying Joseph, her boyfriend, her future husband, having the desire of minding her own business and having her own life and her own family and going her way. Just the run of the mill. Poor Jewish little girl. And yet God, in his infinite wisdom, reached down through the presence of an angel and told Mary, She's going to have a child. Not being married, not being with a man ever in her life. She asked the question which would be a typical, normal question that we all would ask if we were in her place. How could this be? How could this be? And then, of course, the angel says, with God, all things are possible. But still, I think we'd still be scratching our head coming to a situation like this. But Mary came to a point in her place. She did three dynamic things that I think should encourage us today to do as well as children of the Lord. First of all, as you go back and you study the scriptures in verses 31 and through verse 34, that she decided she decided to believe God's Word. To take God's Word and take it at hand and believe it without a doubt, without a shadow of a doubt. Put yourself in in Mary's place. 14, 15 years of age. Illiterate. Uneducated. Possibly very unpopular but certainly became unpopular. Simply because all of a sudden God chose her to become that woman, to be the mother of the son of the living God. Without any warning, that angel appears. Notice what the Bible says there in verse 31. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Shall call his name Jesus. You are a virgin. Look what the Bible says in verse 34, how she responds. Then Mary says to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? Have you ever questioned God? Have you ever come to a point where God did something in your life and, and, and that you did not understand and you ask, God, what on earth are you doing? I think we all have. I hear, I used to hear all the time, well, you're supposed to never question God. But I find that some of the most important people in the Bible have questioned God. Jesus himself said, 
as he was there upon the cross. Father, where art thou? Father, why hast thou forsaken me? Father, why? And yet we find here Mary, that chosen one, asked the Lord himself, how can this be? And I find that that's where we find the most important time that when we find ourselves in situations that we don't understand, turn to the Word of God and turn and find God's answer to us. Look what the Bible says in verse 37. For God, for with God, nothing will be impossible. Look what the Bible says in verse 35. And following, and the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Will be called the Son of God. Mary, I'm going to change your life. Mary, I'm going to put a twist in your life and I'm going to see if whether you trust me or not. Here she is, 14, 15 years of age. Never been married. Do you realize what's at stake here? Her reputation is at stake. Her character is at stake. The future of her husband is at stake. I mean... What man would want to marry a woman knowing that she is pregnant with a child and it's that child is not hers? Her family is at stake. Her friends is at stake. And yet God had placed her in that type of position and said, Mary, are you going to trust me? I can only imagine how I would try to respond to something like that if I had been found in a situation like this. But the Bible says, Mary, you're a virgin. You're blessed. You're a chosen individual. And by my grace, I have called upon you to become an instrument that I might be able to use for all mankind from history in the past to history in the future. I'm going to use you in a manner that I have never used anybody else. I don't know of a child of God that does not want God to use them in a very special way. But somehow, some way, we sometimes do not want to be used in the extraordinary way because sometimes there comes a price to pay. And Mary is now living that very thing. A price to pay. The Bible says she had to be a virgin. A virgin. Why a virgin? Well, of course, the Bible reminds us that this son had to be, this child had to be sinless. Had to be sinless. And this child was born, if this child had been born by an earthly father, he would have been conceived in sin. And this child would become a sinner just like you and me today. But God in his infinite wisdom realizing 
that he could never die for your sins and mine. He couldn't even die for his own sins. But a holy God touched the womb of Virgin Mary and placed within her the seed of a holy God. And that holy God, can you imagine being born from a virgin? A woman that has never been touched by man. So it could never be contaminated by sin. And so when Jesus was born, he was sinless. And he was able to live a sinless life. Had no nature of sin whatsoever. Being tempted in all manner as we are, but yet never have sinned. Therefore, he could go to a cross. And upon that cross... He could take your sins and my sins and there bear our sins because he never sinned. Oh, do you not see how special she has become? That she becomes the instrument of God is bringing a redeemer into this world. She has become an instrument because she decided she was going to believe God's word. You're talking about faith, friend. Faith cometh by hearing. Hearing how? By the Word of God. She heard the Word and she responded to the Word and God now is delivering a child through her. The Bible says that she had to be, he had to be sinless, but also because of the prophecy that was given. Listen to what the Bible says. In Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14. It says, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And shall call his name Emmanuel. I can almost imagine Isaiah when he was writing these words down. And he got there where it says, behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. That he put his pen down and he scratched his head. How on earth could this ever take place? How in the world, 700 years prior to the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, the prophet Isaiah prophesied that he will come from a virgin. So do you see the importance of the virgin birth? Oh, my friend, people that would question the virgin birth would have to question the Lord Jesus Christ himself. But by faith we believe. By the word of God we believe. Just like Mary did by the word of God. Do you see the problem she's faced with? And yet there comes a promise to her problems. Do you, do you have any problems? We all are faced with problems and sometimes we're faced with a problem like Mary that we don't seem to understand. How in the world can we ever find rescue from those problems? It may be finances. You may have just lost your job. And you wonder, how in this world am I going to buy Christmas this coming year? How in the world am I going to provide for my family? It may be a marital problem. Your wife or your, or your husband have just walked out on you. 
And there you find yourself all alone. How and where do I turn? It may be a job that you've just lost. We could go on and on and on. The world is filled with problems. But my friend, I want to remind you, behind every problem there's a promise. God says, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. The Bible says that all things are possible with God. The Bible reminds us behind those problems is that God is trying to manifest himself to you and to draw you closer to him and to mature you and to grow you into his image. There's not a single problem that comes our way that God has not allowed those problems to happen, just like it did in the life of Mary. She was faced with a problem. And with her being faced with the problem, she decided she's going to believe God's Word. But not only did she decide to believe God's Word, she decided or determined to do God's will. Listen to what the Bible reminds us in verse 38. The Bible says in verse 38, Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. Let it be to me according to your word. Let it be to me. Talk is cheap, my friend. We can say, yes, I believe. But putting action upon that belief is a different story. For every problem, there is a promise. And how many could I ask today to raise their hand and say, I believe in the infallibility of the Word of God. I'm sure that throughout this sanctuary, all of our hands would be raised and says, I believe. But yet, why is it a time of crisis that we don't believe? Why is it that we don't obey what we're supposed to believe? Here, Mary, she says, I believe. And she says, let it be according to thy will. What good is if, if God makes a promise and you don't act upon that promise? And my friend, I want you to understand, the angel made the promise and Mary said in verse 38, She said, let it be to me according to your word. She was willing to accept the responsibility of becoming the mother of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, something I I have found in this Bible, not one time from this point on that she ever complains. I think about all that Mary and Joseph went through. I never find her questioning God anymore. I never find her saying, God, this is not fair. But there she has given herself and determined to do the will of God for her life. You think about it as they had to travel to Bethlehem. In that terrible time as they had to travel 
Not one time did she complain. When they had to leave and go down into Egypt, do I hear that she's complaining? Then when she leaves Egypt, they then go back to Nazareth. Do I hear her complaining? Not one time. But there she's determined to the will, to do the will of God. Let me ask you a question. Are you determined to do the will of God? Am I, with all my being, determined that I'm going to accept and do what God has called me to do? Now, I want you to understand, God places us in situations and circumstances. He's not so much concerned about our comfort as He is about our character. He's not so much concerned about our happiness as He is concerned about our holiness. And sometimes he places us in sets of circumstances and situations that will stretch our faith. But are we still determined to do his will? Absolutely. The only place that God can ever bless is for a person saying, I believe and I'm willing to accept your will for my life. And I do it. And I do it. Ask you a question. Are you willing to do God's will? No matter what the cost. No matter what the situation. Are you willing to do God's will? We all have to come and determine that fact within our life. Sometimes it's not easy to do it. But God's challenged us to do it. And the safest and the happiest place that you can be is in the center of God's perfect will for your life. She risked the fact that she is going to lose her reputation. Some looked upon her as being a harlot. Some looked upon her as a fornicator. Some looked upon her as a sleaze bag. That she is living a life of adultery. And she was running the risk of saying, I don't care what you think of me. I'm willing to do what God's called me to do. Now I'm telling you something, friend. That takes a lot of faith and it takes a lot of commitment. And you find that. Number one, she decided to believe the Word of God. Number two, she was determined to do the will of God. And when that takes place, I want you to understand that there comes a desire to prioritize your worship. Look with me, if you would, please. Look at verse 46. Verse 46 and following is the very first Christmas song that has ever been written. It's a a time and a place of worship. She decided to believe the Word of God. She determined to do the will of God. Therefore, her desire now is to worship her Lord. 
Listen to what the Bible says in verse 46. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. He has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has gone great has done great things for me. And holy is his name. And his mercy is on those who fear him. From generation to generation, he has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things. And the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servants Israel. His remembrance of his mercy. As he spoke to our fathers. To Abraham and to his seed forever. Do you not see her worshiping? Here is the mother worshiping the son who is her savior. Believing God's word. Prioritizing Worship, the very first Christmas song. Instead of her pushing the panic button, she pushes the praise button. (laughs) Oh, we find ourselves in circumstances and in crisis that we don't understand. And oh, we're wringing our hands and pulling our hair and wonder how on earth am I going to get out of my get out of this mess that I'm in? And God says, "Trust me." And instead of pushing the panic button, push the praise button. And this is exactly what she did. Verse forty-eight, as I said once again, she is reminding us. Why they call her blessed. Listen to what the Bible says in verse 45. Blessed is she who believed. For there will be a fulfillment of those things which we were told from her, from the Lord. Blessed. Why do we call her blessed? We call her blessed because of her decision of trusting God called not only her decision of trusting the Word of God, but fulfilling the Word and the will of God for her life. Why did God choose Mary? Out of all the people in the world, why did He choose Mary to become the mother? Look what the Bible says in verse 28. It says, and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored. Highly favored one. One that has been graced. One that has been chosen. One that has been picked by our almighty God. Pursued with grace. She is chosen because God knew how she was going to respond. 
And she responded the right way. But you know what? Mary had to come to a point and place just like you and I have to come to. And that point and place is that I'm a sinner. And I need a Savior. As blessed as she was, she still had the sinful nature. As honored as she was, she still had a sinful nature. And she needed a Savior. That same child who fed off the breast of this mother is the same one that died upon a cross and poured his blood out for the sins of the whole world, including his own mother. The same mother that held that little baby, that same little baby was bruised and beaten and splattered because he became the sacrifice of the world. A.J. Gordon was a wonderful Baptist preacher up in Boston, Massachusetts many years ago. One particular day as he was walking, he happened to notice there was this little boy walking by and he had this um, cage filled with some wild birds. He asked the little boy, he says, what are you going to do with those birds? He said, oh, I'm going to play with them for a little while and then I'm going to feed them to my cat. Mr. Gordon says, well, how about selling me those birds? Oh, you don't want these birds. They can't sing. They're just old wild birds. Mr. Gordon says, I'll tell you what, I'll give you $2 for those birds. The guy says, well, I'll sure take them, but you, you sure are being taken because uh, that's a bad deal because these birds are not worth anything. And he said once again, they can't even sing. So he gave them two shiny dollars, the silver dollars. The boy went on his way, taking those coins in the flipping those coins up in the air, thinking how lucky he was and how fortunate he was to sell those birds. Mr. Gordon goes out behind the building takes that old rusty cage and he opens up the door of that cage and he allows those birds to be set free. The next Sunday, he brings that bird cage into the pulpit to use as an illustration. And he told, he told his congregation, he says, you know, we're all like those birds we're not worth much we're sinners and we're all bound for a devil's hell but there was one that came along one day and paid a price 
to set us free. And just as when I let those birds out, I could almost hear them sing, even though that little boy said they weren't much songsters, I could hear those little birds sing, redeemed, redeemed, redeemed. Did you know at Christmas time, every time you get a gift, the message goes out, redeemed? Every time you get a card, a Christmas card, a message goes out, redeemed. Every time we sing a Christmas song, a message goes out, redeemed, redeemed, redeemed. Oh, how I proclaim. Oh, how I love to proclaim. I've been redeemed. My friend, I am so thankful to know that God sent His only begotten Son into this world. To set us free. And you and I can sing today, redeemed, redeemed. Father, in Jesus' name, what a joy, what a delight to know of how we have been blessed by you through your Son, Jesus Christ, giving us life and life eternal. Father, I thank you for the life of Mary. And I thank you, dear Lord, for her commitment to you. To believe your word. To do your will. To worship you in all of her fullness. And Lord, I believe I'm speaking to someone here today. They're going through the, in the midst of the Christmas celebration, but yet they've never really truly believed your word. They've never truly committed their life to you. And today is that day of salvation. I pray, dear Lord, that your Holy Spirit may move like a mighty rushing wind touching hearts, encouraging souls to surrender their life to You. Oh, Father, may Your Holy Spirit speak like You've never spoken before. And there will be a response like we've never seen before. For we ask this in Jesus' name.